Hello everyone, welcome back to Even More Eyes. It's a brand new year and we're kickstarting our year with what something else that Marvel Studios has shout out. So um <laughs> <laughs> not not uh hinting <laughs> the review. <laughs> Not hinting at the type of review that we're going to have, but honestly, I don't know how to talk about this film with any sort of genuine enthusiasm. So, Ant-Man Quantumania, it's supposed to be the extension of the universe following um, Avengers Endgame and whatever else has happened in Marvel Cinematic Universe, because the whole snap happened, people were gone for five years and then they came back, so mm-hmm. that's still like an ongoing reference within this one. The one thing that they, no one has really referenced, which I think is kind of ridiculous, is what happened in Eternals. It's, mm-hmm. Because that one was actually almost more significant. Like, literally, the planet was cracking in half. <laughs> like, oh no one God. has talked about that. It's just me and James again today. James, could you give us a synopsis of this film? I will try. I don't okay. think it's too complicated, actually. So, mm. post-Endgame, Scott Lang, otherwise known as Ant-Man, has cashed in on his superhero career. He's written a book... He does book signings, inspirational talks, but the vibe is that, you know, he's just now having a quiet family life. He goes to the coffee shop, he goes home, celebrates with his new family, all the little group that came together at the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp. However, his daughter Mm. has picked up on her dad's do-gooder vibe and so she's going to protest she's getting arrested but also she's building uh, some kind of scientific experiment in the basement a quantum signal or something to go down and explore the quantum realm another area of the marvel cinematic universe that obviously people who've seen ant-man would know about however deep down in the depths of the quantum realm there's trouble brewing And Michelle Pfeiffer, who reappeared Mm. in the previous film, she knows all about what's been going on in the quantum realm because she was stuck there for 30 years and she fears the emergence of a new adversary who real Marvel devotees will know as Kang the Conqueror, who already appeared, Mm. played by Jonathan Majors in Loki. And so basically a little accident happens, they get pulled into the quantum realm and it's... A scenario where you've got the evil empire, Kang the Conqueror wants to escape from this dimension, uh, fighting against the mm. other, I guess, people who live in the quantum realm. And so Ant-Man's torn between trying to save his family and fight against the new emergent threat, who it seems like is going to be the big bad of the next few phases of yeah. the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. That's about as well as I could have put it. I probably would have done a way worse job. So what do we think about this film? Well, okay, first of all, my first issue is with like the mechanics of the Ant-Man world mm. because apparently whatever Hank Pym's Pym particle thing is supposed to do is supposed to shrink the space between atoms mm. or is supposed to modify the space between atoms, which is why things like gain or like lose size, but they actually do not gain or lose mass. Mm. That's apparently what we're told. But somehow there are certain times when, just for the sake of comedy, certain things just happen to be one way or the other. So for instance, like when Cassie shrank a police car, I'm like, okay, that police car should still weigh a police car. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It is now not some sort of lightweight toy. It's just going to be a police car that's dense as fuck. It's just going to be like a super dense 
police car that is the size of a toy car, but it's still going to weigh however much a police car is meant to weigh. Mm. And so, like, every now and again, I think even within the story itself, its own internal mechanics were just used for comedic purposes because I was never quite sure when each thing was happening. You know, like, for instance, if Ant-Man shrinks and flies at you, he's still punching you with the full weight of his adult size except that he's tiny which obviously should actually be exploding your face because he's a basically just like a bullet at that point <laughs> but the story just did whatever it felt like doing mm. i'm not even sure what the plot line was because it just felt some stuff is happening in the quantum realm cassie is exploring it for some reason somehow she has time despite going out and being a social justice warrior and she's doing a lot of this trying to map the quantum realm no one knows for what reason like how expansive is the quantum realm that's like saying that you're trying to map the universe what corner of it are you starting in and honestly it wasn't even clear what the story was trying to do in many places at the end of the day it just seemed some Marvel family togetherness movie because the actual plotline and everything in between just seemed like, okay, mm. I do not understand what the stakes mm. are here. Kang is trying to conquer the universe, but he seems to have some seemingly personally noble reason for doing it, which has something to do with timelines. I mean, he alludes multiple times within the story that he can conceive of and control time especially when he gives scott that threat of i'll kill your daughter and then make you relive it over and over again so he has some like mastery over time Mm. so i guess maybe whatever he's trying to avoid exists at a scale that nobody else understands so the question is is he even really the bad guy or is he just making quote-unquote necessary sacrifices who knows it's never made quite clear by the time we get to the end of the film the film drops the same garden variety tropes of good and evil without really talking about the scale of good and evil in this sense. Mm-hmm. At least they tried to do a bit of that in Endgame where they were trying to explain the Thanos' rationale, which obviously was also another really stupid one. You know, you're just going to call the planets temporarily mm-hmm. on, until you have to do it again. Um, so there's all this like galactic level morality that is supposed to be happening. And I think what I found like the letdown for this film was that there wasn't really any exploration of that. There was some allusion to that, mm-hmm. but despite the fact that whatever Kang was dealing with was on such a massive scale, Scott kept on trying to make it about this more immediate concern as to, you know, what is happening with my family right here, right now, which I guess maybe is supposed to be the massive juxtaposition of the film mm-hmm. between like the big things and the little things or something, you know, don't forget about the little guy or whatever. I'm rolling my eyes here in, in, <laughs> case, in case you cannot tell from the tone of my voice. But that's about as much as I'm going to say before this just becomes another rant. How about you then? I... I felt very similarly, actually. I like the vibe of the Ant-Man series mm. where it's a bit more tongue-in-cheek and I think Paul Rudd yeah. as a personality. I don't know what it is. I, I laugh in spite of myself. I don't think there's anything particularly that special about him as a performer or the, even the character, but there's just something very likeable. And I think with the little group of them... Yeah. I think they're a very likable bunch. I, I liked Michelle Pfeiffer. I liked Michael Douglas. I was really surprised. I was like, yeah, you know what? Yeah. He's, he really fits in well. This slightly Dr. Brownish, back to the future, kooky scientist. But I do mm. agree with you that despite the tone and the plot of the film is very reminiscent of things like Tron or Tron Legacy. You know, they go to another world and there's that classic dichotomy between like people who are trying to resist this bigger force that's taking over it's very star wars-esque as well i just don't think that the central core of the film if there was one was very strong or even that clear at times because in the first few minutes of the film you set up that 
Scott Lang, what, he can't be bothered anymore? He's just after mm. looking after his family now. And then they try to tie that theme in at various different points. So Kang makes that ultimatum to him. It's like either you can save your daughter or you can try and save this realm. And obviously Scott Lang like, oh, well, I'm going to try and save my daughter. I don't know whether I really bought it. I don't know how Scott Lang ended up in that situation from the first two films. Yeah. And then I don't didn't really believe that it would carry through. As you're saying about Kang, I was just very confused. I was trying to reconcile this with what I'd saw in Loki as well. Yeah. And, and that's just on me. I mean, I, I'd forgotten that the variant in Loki died. <laughs> so yeah. it can't have been the case. I was trying to piece this together. I was trying to think like, okay, what's his agenda other than just being, you know, I'm a conqueror. And in the end, the film has that anticlimactic quality as well, because spoilers, he's he's beaten by a bunch of giant ants. And then you have these mid-credit sequences that now explain, oh, no, 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 Kang is going to be the big threat. He's the big bad. I'm not really sure Barb, you know, complete just taking over. Whether there's much interest to this, really. We had that big lead up to Thanos in like, what was it, like two or three phases. And it seemed quite exciting. I'm not sure about this at the moment. I don't know. I'm a bit sort of wearied, really, and and a bit like, meh. It was fine. It was all right. I had some fun. I definitely laughed. I liked some of the action of it. But I just felt that that central core, which seems to me to be really important in superhero films it can't just be about action it can't just be about shits and giggles we saw that with Thor 4 yeah there has to be something deeper there whether it you know you're making a point about society or something in the culture or whether it's something personal and that did not really come through in a very convincing way or a way that I could go, okay, now I I sort of get where we've come to at the end of this. It just seemed to be, Mm. oh, family vibes. Yeah, I was just sitting here and thinking, like, is there any sort of deep interpretation I can create for this film in terms of any of its central themes? And the only thing I can think about that maybe you could sort of see in the film was maybe scales of morality, Mm -hmm. maybe. Because it's not what scale is your morality, like what sacrifices are you willing to make and what does the greater good mean for you? Because as far as Scott Lang is concerned, the greatest good for him is just the survival of his family, and regardless of what happens. You know, if you think about what actually happens within the quantum realm when he's trying to save his family, there's still people getting shot at and like yeah. being killed yeah, and yeah, being yeah. destroyed and all of that. And all of that takes a backseat to his own central concern, which is taking care of his family yeah. as though any of those people who are being killed off do not really count as family to someone else. That's about as much extended critique or thematic consideration I can give to whatever was being talked about within this film. Kang's intentions were never made clear and for that reason the audience did not get to have any sort of like moral conflict. No. At the end of the day it just made it look like Kang is big bad going around doing big bad things killing people for big bad reasons but in the few scenes where like Kang is trying to explain stuff and you can see a sort of sense of frustration that he has and obviously it's also made in some places to look like it's a kind of arrogance against the other versions of himself or something but it just seemed like they could have done so much more in terms of like giving us an actual compelling reason for why he was doing what he was doing besides i just want to take over the universe for some reason if you think about the fact that the massive conversion of the subsidiary bad guy was just like don't be a dick darren really that was (laughs) 
you always have a choice man you always have a choice yeah you always have a choice man like is this it right like this is the extent of conflict resolving dialogue that we're having in this plot line like don't be a dick man good to know that that's the energy that we have established in this house tonight i think the line was something like it's never too late not to be a dick which you know okay yeah cool i'm sure that's a okay. that's a truism <laughs> mm. but, you know. but yeah it's, it's the fact that like that's kind of where we were mm. in terms of how seriously you can take this plot and um yeah i wasn't sure how to feel about that but i was like well that's just the choices well, that they've made for how this film is being done. Yeah, because I'm trying to just recall from Loki what the whole deal was with Kang, which is not, I mean, it's a conflict that has been played out in so many other films and plays and stuff, which is free will versus fate. And um, my understanding mm. from the Loki series is that there is the sacred timeline because the multiverse had conflict in the past there were all these divergences and things you know overlapping and potentially destroying each other they had to create a loop that defined the beginning Mm. of the universe to the end so Mm. the variant that we saw in loki of kang is the one that has secured that but then there was a choice that was made i think loki would become the guardian of that new sacred timeline or they could kill him and everything would sort of start to split and fragment which obviously people who've seen loki Mm. know that's where it goes and it's all starting now to fragment and i think there was something around if they killed him or if they destroyed him or they didn't allow him to escape that there would suddenly be these big problems and that's i think what we see in the mid-credit sequence the problem is i think Mm. that conflict worked quite well in loki because everything was about variance and to what extent was loki free to define his own fate his own destiny his own person and when he started to meet other variants it was clear as they cross over they were struggling with this i mean i just don't think Mm. that came through very strongly in this film so therefore kang he's hinting at these bigger conflicts and maybe that's okay because maybe that's to come you know, otherwise he's just a guy who sometimes has a blue face and blows people up. <laughs> you know, he just he's so powerful yeah. he can just blow people up, and that's it. Like you said, there are scenes with Thanos, especially in Infinity War and Endgame. You come to understand, even though I agree with you, it's a really poor, badly thought through reasoning. You can see yeah. what he's trying to say and why people might be on board with him. With this, that conflict about whether time is free or whether time is has to be controlled i wasn't really sure how that came into this or whether it was even that relevant the other thing i felt was cassie being such a do-gooder and she's like you know we've got to help these people and so on there was that free spiritedness there was that feeling of oh well i don't have to be responsible to a family i think we should this should be something that exceeds Mm. that and i wonder whether kang was gonna Mm. maybe seduce her to this potential wider cause you know like i'm fighting this so we can all be free that didn't really manifest itself um so i guess in a long-winded way trying to say i found it very difficult to reconcile these pieces that we've seen of uh, kang the conqueror and i think maybe that's it though i think maybe quantumania is doing what we've talked about previously about what extended marvel cinematic universe is trying to do which is tying films to series series to other films and stuff like that mm. and unless you're following the entire thread you don't really get what certain things are about because that a film doesn't even become an encapsulated story in itself it becomes a chapter of something else yes, yeah so there's like missing bits at the beginning there's also going to be missing bits at the end because it's supposed to be continuing from somewhere and it's going to be continuing to somewhere 
at the end of the day, leaving the cinema really just felt like Marvel action pew pew romp <laughs> and we're done. I wasn't sure what else to get from the film. I was like, okay, that was good. At least it didn't feel like a complete disappointment. Like mm-hmm. you said, it managed to get a few laughs in, which I guess is better than nothing. And it just felt like a very eh kind of experience. Yeah. Okay, cool. That happened, I guess. And that was it. I worry personally that a lot of our discussions about Marvel films, and there's a few coming up this year, Guardians, Craven the Hunter, which I think is MCU, are just going to be variations of this discussion. It's like, well, have you seen this? Yeah. What, how does this link in? We discussed last year when it came to Doctor Strange, how much do you have to have seen mm. in order to appreciate this yeah. or even to understand it? I'm not so worried about Guardians because I really think, even though obviously stuff has happened with the Guardians in Infinity War and Endgame and maybe a little bit in Thor, uh, I'm hoping it will just complete the arc that began in Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. That's my only real concern with this. Is that, I mean, if you're a hardcore Marvel devotee, You've got to see everything. You want to watch everything. I mean, cool. That's fine. I think, you know, you, you, mm. you, you've you got enough content for the next six, seven years, you know, whoever long. And I'd say it's exactly <laughs> the same with me and Star Wars. You know, I'd, I mean, I'd watch a lot of Star Wars. You know, I feel caught up. But if you're just a viewer who's going to see a superhero film, maybe even one that connects with that that little bit of it that you like like ant-man i imagine it can feel a bit incomplete or inconsequential or difficult to understand and i i don't know to what extent the mcu are having this problem at the moment where you've got to create something which is still a bit standalone i think black panther Mm. worked quite well for this it did feel quite insular while at the same time continuing something and alluding to things that are going to happen in the future on that particular storyline I just don't know with something like this. And I also just yeah. don't think the I'd... quantum realm itself, um, as just a side point, was either that interesting or how it differs really from, from something like in Guardians. You know, when they fly to these weird planets and encounter mm-hmm. people with weird gels and, you know, like they eat weird things. I, I didn't find the quantum realm that fascinating either. And then in the rest of it's just urban mm. over city that could be out of uh, Hunger Games or Star Wars or whatever. Literally mm. any other film, even if like it didn't look like something from Jupiter Ascending. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. The memories. <laughs> uh, I'd actually yeah, managed um, to blotch that out of my mind and managed to erase that film. I know. Oh, Wachowski, shame on you. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. You've actually hinted at a much bigger issue that we have with Marvel Cinematic Universe, which I do not know if it's, if it's ever going to be resolved or if it's going to be something that future filmmakers will know they have to navigate in the way of like trying to make something but standalone in, in its own right, but having enough like plugins to the extended universe without making it just look like another chapter in an extended universe, mm-hmm. even though it kind of is. I think that's going to be a very difficult line to toe moving into the future. But honestly, that's just a setup that they've created for themselves. And I hope they can manage it, I guess. But that's about as much as I'm willing to say. I like, I'm just done now. Yeah. <laughs> Same. 
like you said, a few jokes, few vibes. Uh, there's some there's some good performances in the film. There's there's some good fun. You know, I think mm. Evangeline Lilly's kind yeah. of pushed. I think she was in the last one, sort of pushed to the edge. I think Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Douglas, and I mean Jonathan Majors. I know he's been talked about a lot. I, I I found at the beginning, I thought he was he seemed to come across as quite vulnerable and sensitive, which I'm sure is what the what they were going yeah. for. Later on, I just thought he was a bit hammy. I have to be honest. I thought he was mm. a bit much. Yeah. Yeah. Is he playing Kang in um, mm. Creed 3 as well? <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. It's like seeing him in um like one minute uh, one minute seeing him in the Marvel and then literally the next trailer it's like it's him again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess he is the it's brew right now. So, oh, yeah, you know what? Yeah, that's yeah. fine. GQ. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is he playing Kang yeah. in that as well? I mean, he yeah. I was rooting for him <laughs> for for obvious reasons. <laughs> Yeah, obviously. Uh, anyway. Anyway. Quantumania. Right, thank you so much for listening. Quantumania. Uh, are you trying to give like a global rating? Oh, no. I was going to say that there's something quite appropriate. I mean, it's not nice to start off the year like this, I feel. If it's in such depths, like the quantum realm, then mm. hopefully we can rise out of it and <laughs> have a good year. <laughs> Sorry. I'm sure, good, like the listeners cannot see me rubbing my temples right now. But anyway, <laughs> um, we'll just leave it there. Yeah, we'll leave it so, there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, thank you so much for listening. See you in the next one when hopefully we'll be doing something that actually has some depth to it. That's it. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>